have to have at some point. I need to to have a word with Zac Efron's uh, agent because I watched uh, Firestarter. Of all the directions, I thought this <laughs> this tune in would start. This we got. Th- I have to start here because I yeah I watched Firestarter because it was on Prime, which is the 2022 uh, Keith Thomas movie starring Zac Efron, mm-hmm. uh, Sidney Lemon, and Ryan Kira Armstrong as. A set of like superpowered individuals, I guess you'd say, and it's yeah. based off the, I believe, the Stephen King novel where a girl has the ability to produce fire. And yeah, you know, I think we talked about this when it released, and we weren't super jazzed. We were just like, "What is this? Where did this come from? It looks kind of like meh." And yeah. that's pretty much what this movie is. It's very right down the middle, meh, in a way that is like really disheartening because I think this is the second or third Efron movie this year that we're kind of like, eh. Was this from this year? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I would have called that from like a 2020 kind of. Yeah. Right. Because it it landed with a thud. There was no noise. I think there was a small theatrical window, but then it got thrown onto prime. Um, And this movie is dull. It is very, very boring. It is um, about an hour in 30 minutes it feels like both 45 minutes and three hours at the same time um it's really really kind of a troubling case where um like everything about this should have worked like zach efron superhero stuff horror like it kind of merges everything that is going on right now and it just completely misses the boat in a way that is i just need better for my guy Zach. Like he is mm. a really talented actor and I just don't understand what's been going on since like neighbors. I think he had that weird turn where he was doing comedies that weren't super highbrow. But yeah. now I'm like, okay, he's trying. He tried with Ted yeah. Bundy. He tried with that uh greatest beer run in history movie. Like mm-hmm. he's trying different things and they're just not working. And I, I just don't get it. Um, this movie is a slog, man. I would really highly recommend people not watch it. Although, listen, if you want to do it, go for it. Uh, it's it basically takes from everything you've seen before, from like the boys and like every. There's nothing surprising about it, mm-hmm. and I think that's another reason why. By the end, I'm just like, was this? What was the point of doing this again? Yeah, um, I will say the one singular redeeming quality is that the fire effects are wonderful like they like the practical and visual virtual okay. i'm like it looks really good but that's nothing if the movie is boring you know it's like yeah um yeah i don't know man it tries to be horrific let it me, tries let to me be phrase it let me kind of position it this way yeah. with a question here is he can he hold it up as a leading man Ooh. Like, that's the thing I wonder with him. And this is the thing I was wondering with the greatest beer run ever. I'm like, is Zach Efron a leading man or is he going to like excel if he's just in some goofy like character role where he can do a lot more? Mm. And I really don't know the answer because I, that was my thought from the greatest beer run ever. But also I think of like... um the greatest showman where he was kind of like a side character. And I'm yeah. like, he, he didn't really work for me in that. It was kind of just like, not quite the same. I don't know. What do you, where, where do you, what's your thought? That's a difficult one because I 
think in a way, like when he's part of an ensemble, like in Neighbors or even like Bring It Back yeah. to High School Musical, like he really does thrive. Um, yeah. I don't know, though, because like the only thing I've really seen him be front and center in, because he's not really the lead. It's more of the little girl who is Ryan mm-hmm. Kira Armstrong, um, who's pretty good, although I, this is not the movie I would have chosen for like your big break. Um, yeah. But it's it's re- like I don't think I've seen enough. Like the Ted Bundy stuff was good. Yeah. But it was From, weird. Uh extremely wicked, shockingly yeah. and vile. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um I hope I said that right. It's it's something of those m- yeah. mixture of words. But I, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't I, I, I he has talent, but I don't know where he should put it. I really don't. And that's kind of where I land. I'm just like kind of at a loss because I want him to do well, but I just don't think yeah. It will be the biggest tragedy if like 10 years from now, we're all still watching going like, come on, Zach, like oh, land something, man. I know. Like man. you gotta, cause he is, he's so good, but he just can't land it, man. He just, I, yeah, I feel like I'm, he, I'm there with you. He's like Brad Pitt in a lot of ways, but Pitt seems to just be able to choose those roles where he should be starring and the ones where he shouldn't be. He knows, you know, like, and yeah. I think Efron just doesn't, nobody knows what to do with him. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's man. also debatable <laughs> if he would have been like a massive, massive star. True. If he'd come around in the nineties. That's true. You know, it's debatable. Do you just miss, miss, miss his prime window? Yeah. I, I, Weird. I really don't know. Um, so yeah, I checked out Firestarter. It's not, not great. Nice. Uh, what did you watch this week? I watched Amsterdam. Oh, Mr. David O. Russell, Mr. David O. Russell, who we've talked about, Fairly often on yeah. this podcast, not that <laughs> often, but from time to time. We've mentioned um, Not my favorite movie. No. I think when it came down to it, I was distracted by the cast. Yeah. Like, great performances, okay story, didn't really all come together. A little like, convoluted, yeah. Yeah, like, I, my letterbox review is like, it's like almost there, but it's not. Yeah. But the thing I kept coming back to is I'm like, I can't believe I'm watching a scene with like Chris Rock, Robert De Niro, Margot Robbie, Anna Taylor Joy. Yeah. Like all of these Rami Malik. Remy, yeah. Remy Malik. Like <laughs> Michael all Shannon. Of these different ge- like not even generations, but generations and like silos isn't the word, but like different areas of major actor at oh. the at the time you yeah. know what i mean i'm like it's weird to see anna taylor joy who is like hugely coming up on her on her like much on her way up mm-hmm. and zoe saldana who is like a top tier actor in her own right but like ends up in more pop culture kind of thing franchise versus yeah. like Timothy Oliphant, who tends to be more around like a TV kind of world or like, you know, not necessarily like top tier huge things versus right. like John David Washington, who is, you know, just coming into his own with Tenet and all that stuff. I like I was just kept being just and then Taylor Swift's in there. Like, I know I'm like, this is like you're pulling different actors from all these different like groups of really good actors and throwing them all in the same thing. And I just kept being like distracted by that yeah like the the margot robbie the margot robbie and a taylor joy thing was the weirdest for me yeah and i don't really know why but i'm like these two people are like really top tier actors that just don't seem to want to 
Like my brain is like they don't belong in the screen together. Mm. You know very what I mean? Interesting. Because yeah, they're very yeah. similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It's very bizarre. Yeah. I I completely understand what you're saying. I mean, even like you throw Mike Myers in there and you're like, yeah, okay. And yeah, the Michael Shannon and it's like, you're all incredible, but like, are you incredible together? It does this work. I mean, that's what I had an issue where I just felt like there was the chemistry didn't work between yeah. a lot of them. And I, like, especially between Margot Robbie, John David Washington and Christian Bale, I was like, yeah these don't feel like the correct characters that are supposed to be together. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're also and famous. Like, so you're like, but well, and Christian Bale just like out acting everyone. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like also doing way more of a character than anyone else. Right. Like, the, it, it like, it just, it, and like, and the Chris rock being like the yeah. ipso facto, like fourth one there being like, but Chris rock like is barely in movies anymore. Right. And it's like just oh it's oh it's like Chris Rock's in this movie like yeah. we're, like it just kept pulling away from the story and I kept being like this is we're fucking oh the other thing I have a total head canon now that Mike Myers in this movie mm-hmm. is the same character that Mike Myers plays in Inglorious Bastards <laughs> like shared universe same character yeah, yeah. pre and post World War Two yeah. like he's British he's a spy <laughs> like yeah same character it's the same character. Oh my god. It this is a weird one of the biggest casts ever assembled. Um movies that just doesn't really work. And yeah. maybe it's David O. Russell, maybe it's the script. I really I, I was just I like kind of just not yeah. in it for one second. I was just like, there are funny things about this, there are good things about this, but it's just not meshing. Um, and it wanted Amsterdam to be a way bigger thing than it was. I think this was misnamed because yeah. Like it being named Amsterdam made me go like, okay, but like their time in Amsterdam was like a big part of what's going on. And like, it's their shared history, but it's not any part of the current story. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it was important, but like, was it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know how we're talking too much about Amsterdam (laughs) at this point, but like, you know how like in screenwriting classes, they're like, find your characters and then write their backstory. Yeah. I feel like David O. Russell wrote the backstory of these three characters and this whole thing. And it was like, that's so good. That has to be part of the movie. Right. And it's just like, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So. Amsterdam. It's on HBO Max. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I watched. It's another one. I watched at uh, seven in the morning. There you go. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. It worked. It was fine. Yeah. It's kind of light. <laughs> it doesn't like, you know, you're not like, ooh, I want to like drink. It's not like. You know, some kind of like, ooh, I want to do something that's inappropriate for right seven a.m. in the morning. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's just Amsterdam. Um, well, I guess speaking of inappropriate stuff, I checked out <laughs> Bros, the Nick Stoller movie starring Billy yeah. Eichner because it was on Peacock. Um, and I only say inappropriate because my issue with this movie was I I enjoyed this movie in its entirety, but it's been a while since we've had a Nicholas Stoller movie. Now, if you don't know mm-hmm. who he is, he did, you know, like Forgetting Sarah Marshall and he did Get Him to the Greek and Neighbors yeah. like we just talked about. And so his style of humor, like he was post Apatow, post McKay. Like it was kind of like Judd Apatow, then Adam McKay. And I feel like yeah. Nick Stoller kind of picked up the mantle of like these overly yeah. raunchy comedies. And for me, I feel like that overly crude, overly sexualized style of comedy 
Mm-hmm. It just doesn't really work for me anymore. And I've gotten a little older, obviously, since those days. Sure. Um, but that was my big problem with the movie was I just found it to be like over the top for the sake of being over the top, which trust me, if you watch Neighbors, same thing. Like it is yeah. the same exact tone. And Billy Eichner is really funny in this. Luke McFarlane, who is kind of his counterpart, is also really, really good in this. And I'd never seen him before, although he looks very much like Glenn Powell. So I was like, yeah. who is this guy? Um so there's a lot to like about this movie, but I just think in my sensibilities now, I just couldn't find that much that was laugh out loud funny. By the end, sure. I was like, this is a funny movie. The story is good. The performances are good. Um, but maybe it's that style of comedy that just doesn't work. Like if a Step Brothers came out today, well, first of all, there's no shot it would be able to come out today. But sure. Like, would I find all of those jokes funny? Like the overly ridiculous jokes. Um, I don't. I don't know. I have a nostalgia for The Hangover and those movies, but yeah, they're kind of rough. They're really rough and very much like you got to be in the right mind state. And yeah, those movies were a dime a and dozen. the right age. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I liked Bros. I don't think it's a movie that you should not watch, um, but I think that's where I land on it. It's just okay because I don't know that we that this kind of comedy works for me. It was of its time. Yeah. And that time has passed. Yeah. Cause there was hmm. scenes where I'm like, ooh, okay. I, I I there was a time where I would think this was hilarious. Yeah. And right now I'm just kind of like, do we need to do we need to hear this or see this going on? I I don't know. Um hmm. but it is funny, so I would say check it out. Still um, produced by Apatow, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. so it's all part of that, you know environment but yeah so that was on peacock if you want to check it out that nope there's a bunch of movies on peacock right now that are fresh off ticket to paradise which is on my list yeah. at some point um one day yeah yeah <laughs> not not right now but um <clears throat> did you check anything else out i have three other movies i want to talk about but i won't Ooh. do all three um i'm deciding between two right here um mm. all right well it's the christmas season Ooh. or um so in my like oh i want to like Watch a nice, fun animated movie. I yeah. watched the 2019 film Klaus. Klaus. K L A U S. It is a Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I've heard um, about it's an this. animated. It's an animated film um, about basically like how Christmas first came to be. Oh. Um, and it's like there's you know it has to do with like a postalman who goes to this small remote island and sets up a post office meets like a woodsman in the middle of the woods who like makes toys who's like gigantic and has a big white beard and like etc and like slowly over the course of the movie all of the like christmas tropes come to fruition they're like Ah. oh like you know this kid uh writes a letter and gets like and klaus the guy in the the woodsman is like, ooh, I'll bring him a toy, you know, and it turns into this mm. whole thing. And they're like, oh, if you write letters to this guy, he'll bring you a toy. And then that like expands. And then ah. uh, they're, uh, the, his horse can't pull the, the wagon anymore. So he like wrangles a handful of nearby reindeer. And right. like, and, like and it just builds, builds, builds the whole mythos of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really fucking good. I went into it with like not a lot of expectation. Yeah. Um, it's Jason Schwartzman and JK Simmons plays uh, Klaus. Oh, dude, let's go. Which like I was kind of like I saw that before I hit play and it's like, OK, JK Simmons, like <laughs> you're doing so much voice work, like sure. But like 
fuck if Santa it isn't Claus. perfect. It <laughs> yeah. isn't, it's like perfect for the style of animation. Oh, that's wonderful. And speaking of the style of animation, the animation is fucking incredible. I gotta look this up real quick. I'm like, it's this weird, I, I wrote this on my letterbox, it's this weird like mix between like Tim Burton and like, like oh. Wallace and Gromit. It's like, it's not claymation. It's right. like, it's animated, full on animated, but like, it's a, it's a very, very unique style. And it does, I'm sure it is like CG, but like, it doesn't feel right. computer generated. Right. Um, Wait, so is it technically 3D animation? I don't, I'd be, I'd be hard pressed to call it that. Okay. Okay. I would it, think yeah. it's more of a, um, a hybrid. Yeah. Like it's one of those. It's definitely made on a computer, but it's not made to look. Like, it's not like meant to be three D or anything like that. Like right. Um, it looks gorgeous. It's just like <laughs> it's so beautiful, and it's so like there's like actual attention paid to the cinematography of the whole thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's not just like animated things. There's like lighting effects, and like you feel the atmosphere, and you feel. Mm. Like this town is a very dark, dark town that like everybody fights and it, right. It's. A really, really good animated holiday film that just kind of like, I think, completely blew past a lot of people. Yeah. Especially like me. I feel like I remember seeing it, but I was like, oh, another animated like Christmas movie about Santa. Sure. Yeah. Um, but man, like so nice. Damn. Well, I need to add this to my list. I, I had heard about this, but there was no buzz around it. So I kind of just yeah. like came and I mean, went. And it's it's what? Three years old at this point? Yeah. Like 2019? Yeah. Like. And the Netflix was just like, hey, here, here you go. Here you Get go. Up. Yeah. Um, Norm McDonald's, one of the voices in it, which is oh. like one of the first voices you encounter. I was like, Norm. Oh, Norm. <laughs> um, but That's wonderful. Yeah, I got to check that out. I'll add it to the list. It's good. Again, like all the movies I watch, a nice 96 minute movie. Perfect. Um, Klaus. Yeah. Klaus on Netflix. Sergio Pablos. Who has done only Klaus? Good for yeah. him. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> uh, you have another one for me? I do have one more here. Yes. Um, I watched, uh, so I didn't go see Triangle of Sadness just because there was other stuff I needed to see. And by the time it came and there was like a very limited screening window, I just didn't get a chance to see it. But I did go back and I watched uh, The Square, which is a 2017 film mm. by Ruben Ostland. And I'd yeah. never really seen any of his movies. He'd done like Force Majeure and he's big at Cannes. Like they love his movie. Like he won the Palme d'Or for this. And yeah. um, this movie stars Clay's Bang, who if you saw The Northman, you've seen him this year as well. Uh, Elizabeth Moss is in this as well. Uh, Clay plays a basically like a museum curator, but for like fine art. Um, and mm -hmm. specifically like modern contemporary fine art, which can be very strange. And that's kind of the point of the movie is it's interrogating. I mean, this is a long, it's like two and a half hours, but it's interrogating mm. kind of like social pressure as well as like the high minded ideas behind art and what makes art worth something or a value mm -hmm. and what we should just be like, this is pretentious nonsense. <laughs> um, and he plays a guy named Christian who just gets thrust into a lot of, I would say just like chaos and the chaos is brought up a couple times in this movie where he just kind of has to like figure out what to do in situations that ask a lot of him morally and ethically, which is sure. really, really interesting. Um, 
the movie is like a satire on the elite class and more specifically on like elitist artists, which I guess is Ruben's whole thing. Like that's what the triangle of sadness focuses on like influencers and models. And like, I, yeah. I can only assume force majeure does something similar. Um, this movie is fantastic and it's on prime for another couple of days. I don't, when this comes out, Ooh. I don't know if it's still there, but it's, it was still on prime today, today being Tuesday the 13th. Um, so leave, yeah. So I, I'm looking at it here. Leaves prime in seven days from, December 13th. So okay. December, we'll say 19th is your last chance to watch. So check Tomorrow. it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, check it out. I mean, I thought it was, it was wonderful. It was really funny, but like if you don't love off-putting awkwardness because it's a very uncomfortable movie – and the thing that Ruben does, which I'm curious to see the triangle of sadness now, is he leaves you lingering there for almost too long in a situation without cuts. Like, it's not a fast-cutting kind of movie like that. It's very uh, much like, put the person there and watch what happens. And there are entire sequences that feel like they're in one single shot where, like, you know, a woman runs up to him and is asking for help. And it's these two guys, and they're trying to figure out what to do. And it's all in this one shot where you're seeing them in real time think through what to do in the situation. And I think that's part of the part of the whole point of this film is to just kind of really interrogate like what you should be doing in these situations and what you yeah. should be putting weight into. So it's it's a introspective movie, but it's I thought it was absolutely wonderful. And now I'm like, yes, I have to see the Triangle of Sadness because this guy's nice. style is just insane. And I, if you watch it, he's got a very sterile kind of cinematography where it almost feels like stock footage. In mm -hmm. some instances where they're in mm -hmm. like a boardroom and it's all clean and shot and lit perfectly. And I think that was very intentional and it just fits with the whole kind of theme of the film. Yeah. So I would highly recommend The Square if you guys have. It is nice. in, uh, oh God, Swedish, I believe. Uh, okay. I, yeah, it is It is a foreign film. So there are subtitles. Um, yeah, Is Swedish. Uh, Triangle of Sadness in Swedish? I don't think so, only because Woody Harrelson is in it. Um, <laughs> but I don't. Yeah, think it's so. in English. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it's his. It's Triangle of Sadness is his English language feature film debut. Would you look at that? And people are loving it. So, um, so yeah, check the square out. It's it's a weird, fantastic movie. Um, <laughs> It's interesting because not only do I want to see that now, but that like your review of that makes me want to see Triangle of Sadness more. I was kind of like eh, about right? like it from the from what I'd seen, but yeah. all right, yeah, it's it, it rocks. So um, nice. You got anything else? I have one more. Let's do it. I have one more that I have intentionally left to the end because this movie that I watched has been floating around in my like to watch list forever, but I've only, yeah like. It had the potential to be like this movie that I just like, oh, yeah, I always wanted to watch that. And like six Never. years down the yeah. line, I'm like, I don't even really remember what it was at this time. Um, but I'm so glad I did. I watched a movie from earlier this year Ooh. called um, After Yang. Coconut Farrell. Yes. Yeah. You, do you know? The, have you seen this film? Yes. Uh, yes. Holy shit, dude. I love this movie. <laughs> this movie's so fucking good. I like. I was thinking about this movie afterwards and I'm like, almost nothing happens in this movie. Mm -hmm. 
But I walked away from it being like, how important is my life? Like, <laughs> like in, in like a positive way, not like yeah, a negative yeah, yeah. way of like, like, oh my God, like all these little things that I take for granted are so important. And like, all, and I'm like, just sitting there, like the way that this film delivers its message oh. and delivers its emotion and like delivers its just like overall story is so subtle and so quiet. Yes. And so impactful. Yeah. It was like one of those movies I sat, I watched it. Uh, <laughs> I watched it on Sunday night when my wife, when my wife was watching the finale of white Lotus. Ah, and, uh, which I'm told I have to watch, but, and like, I just sat here in, in, in my office for like an extra, like 10 minutes being like, how do I even begin to process that movie? Colin Farrell is like oh, incredible man. in that. Yeah. For what I don't know. He sits around and like says a few lines. Yeah. But it's like heart wrenching. Yeah. A lot of it's in the um, editing. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like that was ooh. the thing I was like, I, like script of that. I'm like, I, the script was fine, but it's, it's very much a story, very much a film that's made after the script yeah um yeah fuck man i'm so glad that that didn't just like drift away from me yeah you know it's that lo-fi sci-fi kind of thing that is so hard to do right and this is like a perfect example of it done like masterfully it's one of the things i was debating was did this need to be a sci-fi movie Ooh. or could this have been like could this have been done in non-sci-fi terms? Like, could this have been just somebody that died and like you found something, some kind of remnant, you know? Right. Um, And I don't think it could. No. I think so much of it is derived in like the necessity of who Yang is as a character and as a techno sapien. Yeah. And like what those moments that he's capturing are. Right. And what they represent and like the purity of that. Cause it's like, if you take a bunch of like photos and put them in a photo, photo album, like there's not necessarily a inclination of like a important memory that's made at the moment of that photo being taken. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas like the, I, I, I guess I don't want to get into spoilers here, yeah, but like yeah. in after Yang, it's like basically he accesses his memories. We'll mm-hmm. say that. Yeah. Um, but the memories he accesses, 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 accesses. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not axes, but accesses. Uh, the memories he accesses yeah. like are very specifically recorded and it's like, man, that movie, I'm like, I want to see that movie fucking everywhere all over the award season, man. And I don't yeah. think it's going to because it came no. out like in what, like April, March? It came out a while ago and it made no noise, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and even if it does, I'm like, it, I yeah. almost don't want it to because I yeah. don't want Colin Farrell to split his uh, <laughs> his vote for an award because I think yeah. Colin Farrell <laughs> is like about to come into his fucking yeah. own in terms of. Not that he hasn't been a great actor for years, yeah. but like he's coming into a new 
new era, as it were. This is the fucking cop yeah. from Minority Report. Like, yeah, and he was in what four amazing movies this year? I mean, he was yeah. the Penguin in the Batman. You know, yeah. he was just in Banshees. Like he he's doing the thing, and they're all wildly different and and require something different from him. And yeah. this is a movie that like I think Colin Farrell sometimes can be the fast talking loud mouth guy and this movie yeah. is the opposite of that and yeah it's just a beautiful movie um i think he's gotten like away from that i think he's gotten away from like the um like phone booth um miami vice yeah the the total recall yeah uh reboot um <laughs> swat remember swat oh good lord i do remember um, swat but like you know like he got into these and i honestly i feel like it's like it's martin mcdonough that yeah fucking brought him into this of you know you get in bruges you get the gentleman you get yeah uh the lobster you get the batman yeah um banshees like all across you know i, I don't know fucking go colin farrell go colin farrell <laughs> also look like everyone else in that film is oh yeah too yeah absolutely um but he kind of is like the main ish character who has to do yeah. a lot of the discovery and a lot everyone of the... else is kind of a peripheral character. Yeah, exactly. Um, great movie. I'm so glad you watched this. I almost forgot <laughs> about it. It was such like a subtle kind of drop that I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you watched. I think this was like a Showtime original, like a, yeah, it was like originally on yeah. like, <laughs> Showtime. Like it's, and it was like Showtime original. And I was like, Oh, how oh am, I, am I going to like pay for this? And I was like, wait, no, I pay for Showtime. Here My go. wife watches yellow jackets on Showtime. I'm doing this. Uh, and like, that put like a qualifier in the front of us like okay showtime original like you know, mm -hmm. it's gonna you know but man, good stuff can come from anywhere these days it's true good stuff can come from anywhere these days there it is <laughs> possibly one of my tops for the year Ooh, ooh! now i'm now i'm getting more excited for these top five yeah. lists here <laughs>